0: Hello, my name is Carmen Pacheco, and I am the Women's uh, Committee Chair and the Immediate Past President of the Puerto Rican Bar Association. Before we begin our program, we thank Patterson, Belknap, Webb, and Tyler for the generosity of their sponsorship and hosting this event. We specifically thank patterson Belknap Partners Mohammed Faridi, Faridi, and Stephen Younger, being the, for being the catalyst behind this incredible sponsorship. Where's Christina? We also thank Christina Seda, an associate also at Patterson Belknap, for all her assistance and collaboration in moving our Flor de Maga event to a success. We also thank our silver sponsor, Midtown Rehabilitation. Without you, this event could not have been possible. So I thank you once again. This year, the Puerto Rican Bar Association is celebrating its 6first year under the stewardship of our president, Justice Wilma Guzman. And the work of its members, officers, and board of directors and the hard effort work of our Executive Director, Joe Rivera, and Chief of Staff, Staff Aisha Hernandez. Tonight, the Puerto Rican Bar Association's Flor de Maga Awards will be presented to a group of special and wonderful women. This award is intended to celebrate women who impact our community, and while most are dreaming of success, they wake up motivated to make it for themselves and others. The flor de maga, the flower of the maga tree, is Puerto Rico's national flower. The maga is closely related to the hibiscus. It is cultivated mostly as an ornamental tree for the beauty of its very large flowers. However, it is valued elsewhere for its durable timber, which is used for furniture. Like the MAGA tree, our honorees are strong, durable, well-balanced, and beautiful. The goal of the Puerto Rican Bar Association in presenting the Florida MAGA Awards is to honor the impact of women as we lift each other up as Latinas. The awards are presented to Puerto Rican and Latinas who inspire and cultivate the dreams of other women and provide accessible role models to all. This year's award are presented to women or entities that exhibit leadership skills in their field of expertise and have been a role model and or mentor to other women and girls advocates for social change that creates a more equitable society through advocacy, creativity, and socio-economic development. Dedicated to helping women and girls achieve their dreams and goals. They demonstrate a commitment to the Puerto Rican Bar Association mission and to empowering women. Have have garnered respect within the community by exhibiting qualities of teamwork, sponsorship, and integrity. Continue to give back to the community through their time, talent, and or resources. Live, work, or volunteer without interest to receive anything in return. We have many exemplary, extraordinary leaders in our community who positively impact the judiciary, law firm practice, law school, and or our society. We are celebrating those women who make their presence known by running the plays on life's field as opposed to watching life on the sidelines. In a huddle, they lead or take direction to ensure that the team makes it to the goal line. We celebrate women who are team players and team coaches. We celebrate those who just do not do, but are happy to see others progress. This is our Flor de Maga tree that holds the beautiful flower upon which it grows from it. And tonight's theme is empowering each other one mind at a time. At this moment, I now introduce the president of the Puerto Rican Bar Association, Wilma Guzman.
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I am Judge Wilma Guzman, the first judge elected to be the president of the Puerto Rican Bar Association. Historic, um, for the first time because there's never been a judge elected, historic because I am the first female judge to be elected to the Puerto Rican Bar Association. And we're honoring uh, women in the month of the uh, Women History Month. So it's very historic all around. Historic because we have mothers, we have daughters, we have sisters, we have friends, we have colleagues, we have everything that embodies Women History Month right here in front of us. And that's what the Flor de MAGA stands for to honor women. All around, women that give of themselves unselfishly, women that don't think of anybody else, that don't think of, rather, than think of themselves and think first of everybody else and give caringly, lovingly, okay, whether it's in the courtroom, whether it's in the corporate world, whether it's in the kitchen, all right, and not that we're in the kitchen uh, cooking all the time, okay? Uh, we may know how to cook, but we may not be there all the time, all right? Just so I gotta make that statement. Um, but in the kitchen. But we may be in the soup kitchen, all right? Uh, helping out in the soup kitchen for those that need it. Uh, we may be packing gifts for, for the holidays for needy kids. And this is what this group of women stand for, giving, mentoring, leading, all right? And that's what we have always honored um, and look for in our leaders in women in the Puerto Rican Bar Association. Um, I just want to take a minute to first thank... Our chairwoman Carmen Pacheco. Uh, without her, this event wouldn't take, uh, have gotten off the ground. Also, we have um, other committee members that have helped along the way. Aisha Hernandez, who you know we just called, and she picked up the award. She picked up the banner. She did a lot of runaround for us today. Without her, also um, we have uh, President-elect uh, Stephanie Correa, who also was pinching in and helping Tomasita share and uh, past presidents also and officers. I do want to recognize one person who has to be very important and has to be recognized. She was the first woman president who's I think telephone is going off right now. Um, (laughs) But she was the first woman president of this organization. And that's, Judge Gloria, Gloria, please stand up, Sosa Littner, okay, to lead this organization, and she's here with us here today. So, Judge, thank you. We also have another past president, uh, Mary Ann Briganti, also past president of this organization. I don't know if there's any other, uh, Betty Lugo, who was also past president. So we've had quite a few women leading this organization. I see somebody pointing at Dali Caraballo back there. Dali, I'm sorry, there's a ponytail covering you, so I couldn't see you. I apologize, but Dali Caraballo also back there. Um, So these are powerful women that have led this organization. Um, So thank you. Thank you to make it possible for all of us now that continue to come um, ahead. To continue to lead this organization um and it's an organization that was formed 61 years ago okay by a group of attorneys that saw the need to support each other because diversity wasn't a word back then okay diversity didn't exist back then so they saw a need um without discovering the word diversity but they saw that need was a powerful need among the Latino, whether it was Puerto Rican, whether it was Cuban, whether it was Ecuadorian, Latino, Hispanic, there was a need um, to be together, to unite in order to progress, in order to offer those that were coming behind them a better education and a better means of life. So that's what the Puerto Rican Bar Association stands for, and that's what our founding Fathers was looking for 61 years ago. And then 40 years ago, which this year is our ruby, because 40 years is ruby, is our ruby gala of the scholarship fund that was established in order to help law students who might have difficulty um, either continuing uh, staying in law school or even getting into law school to assist them uh, with their tuitions or their books so they can, um, again, complete their dream of becoming lawyers in the future. So the Puerto Rican Bar Association has focused on helping the Hispanic community in large uh, to reach a lot of dreams, to face a lot of issues, and help them, uh, and has always been behind the scenes. And that's what we're here for, to honor those women and those unsung heroines that have also been behind the scenes in helping establish um, young people um, to get where they are and helping this organization to get where it is because it, it is an organization built by its members it is its members that enriches the organization by its commitment its knowledge its skilled that it brings in okay and everything it has to offer and these women here have done that, not only to the association, but to the community at large, to the people they serve, and that's why we're here. So I personally, and on behalf of the Puerto Rican Bar Association and all its members, want to congratulate each of the honorees here today for their excellent and outstanding commitment in their field, in their work, to the youth, to the um the committees that they sit in also, to everything that they've done and everything that they're still doing and that they continue to do, I applaud you and I thank you. And I thank you all for being here today. Uh, If you're not a member, I gotta gotta do the plug. If you're not a member or you've left your membership elapse, please, before you leave here today, make sure you take your membership and renew it, okay? Thank you.
0: And that appeared to be an order of the court, by the way. (laughs) Will the officers of the PRBA uh, and and board of directors, could you please stand, those present today? Thank you for your service. Okay, our next introduction is uh, Christina Seda of Patterson Belknap to give us a couple of welcoming remarks. Thank you so much.
2: hello everyone welcome my name is christina seda and i'm a fourth year associate here at patterson belknap prior to this i was a law clerk for judge nelson roman who is also a member of the puerto rican bar association family first and foremost i want to thank you all for coming and for allowing us to host this very special event. I also want to thank Mohamed Faridi and Steve Younger, partners here at Patterson Belknap, Carmen Pacheco, and Justice Guzman, as well as her colleagues, for inviting me to give these remarks. This is my first Flor de Maga ceremony. Like any good corporate associate, when I first heard of the event, I decided to do some research. I learned that the Flor de Maga Award is presented to women in the Latino community as part of a celebration of Women's History Month, that the award is meant to recognize them for their leadership skills and accomplishments, and to honor them as role models and trailblazers within their fields. I also learned that over the years, honorees have ranged from judges to law students, and even advocates outside of the legal field. In short, the award is meant to honor our sisters and female mentors across different walks of life for their contributions to their fields and to our community. Although I think anyone would be honored to give these remarks, participating in this event is of special importance to me. As a woman of Puerto Rican and Jamaican descent, I can imagine the obstacles our honorees have faced and the value of their triumphs and successes. As a woman of color from the Bronx, I appreciate the work our honorees have done to forge their paths, sometimes against the odds, in order to create space and opportunities for people like us and others that have and will continue to come after them. I also appreciate the level of courage, hard work, and sacrifice that must have required. These are women who have both opened doors professionally and socially, and held those doors open for others to follow behind them. And looking at their profiles, it is clear to me that they are the definition of excellence, both within and outside of the Latina community. Today, I rejoice in the fact that we are all family. And I'm reminded that when we lift this fantastic group of women up, we lift ourselves up as well. With this in mind, I myself am honored to be able to honor them. Without knowing these women personally, I feel an immense amount of pride and I thank them for their contributions. So, without further ado, I want to welcome you all on on behalf of myself and Patterson Belknap. We thank the Puerto Rican Bar Association for allowing us to host this event again and we hope that you will all feel at home in our space. Thank you and welcome.
0: See, we are so many women on the move. Now we're going to start our program and our ceremony. Um, Judge, thank you, (laughs)
3: Um,
0: Judge Guzman will be presenting the uh, Judicial Excellence Award.
1: Okay, please bear with me. Unfortunately, the individual that was going to present the award had a little difficulty and was not able to be here, so I prepared for someone else, but it turns out that I am not only honored, but pleased that I can present this award, which, you know, sometimes they say, if you send things out to the universe enough, it sort of comes back and it happens. And in my mind, originally, I thought I was giving out this award. And then it turns out I, I would, they assigned me someone else, which is just as good. It's okay. I had no problem. Um, but as it would have it, the universe said, no, you're doing the award you sent out. You want it. So... I am honored to present the Judicial Excellence Award to a colleague of mine, who I've known for a long, long time, who I've worked with a long, long time, although we just started you know, maybe five years ago with a you know, crawling cell, OK? Um, but she is not only an excellent jurist, she has patience, she has intelligence, she has the foresight to look at things. And if anyone saw the law journal recently, she made history, okay? Um, and I'm talking about Judge Elizabeth Gonzalez. And she made history because along with two other judges, uh, Doris Lynn Cohan and Carol Mead, all of color, were the first three judges of diversity to sit and women on the appellate term first department to hear cases, representing the community that they were gonna hear cases on. You know how awesome that was when you saw that photograph in the law journal You know the chills that went down, at least my spine, when I saw that photograph, I don't know about anybody else, to see something like that make history, and then to know that one of those individuals was your friend and a colleague, and I got to brag, from the Bronx, sorry everybody else, but I have to say so, okay, but... Elizabeth uh, Gonzalez is an associate of the appellate term first apartment uh, having been appointed January 2016 she did start out as a housing court judge appointed in 2005 she was also a family court judge um, she's been a Supreme Court judge elected in 2011 she got her BA from Stony Brook University Uh, and her Juris Doctor from NYU. She's had visiting attorney fellowship at the Puerto Rico Legal Defense uh, Education Fund, and she's been a senior attorney at MFY Legal Services. Uh, Elizabeth has a well-rounded knowledge and education. Um, I'm not gonna go through it because I think everyone here is capable of reading her profile and reading her her knowledge and experience. Um, She has had honors and achievement from the American Indian community, which I know she is very active. The one thing, and I have my granddaughter here, and the only reason my granddaughter is here today is because she found out that Lisbeth loves horseback riding and owns a horse. (laughs) She said, I want to meet her, okay? So, uh, (laughs) but she wanted to meet her and she's interested in horseback riding. Uh, But Lizbeth, besides loving horses, besides being an advocate, uh, animal uh, advocate, she is also um, a judge in the Bronx County uh, Bar Association and Bronx Advocate of the Year. She's been awarded and she does a lot of mentoring. She's been president of the Latino Judges, and I don't see that in here. And Excuse me, I don't think it's in here, right? Is there? Oh, it's my eyes then. She was president of the Latino Judges Association for about two terms. Yeah, she actually volunteered for two terms when no one at that point wanted to really take the helm of the Latino Judges Association because it was so much work. Liz actually took it over for two terms, and that was four years, all right? Um, So, my friend, please come up, okay? Because this is an honor um, to be recognized for all you have done. And it's to Honorable Liz Gonzalez, Justice Supreme Court Appellate Term, PRBA, Flor de Maga 2018. And my honor (laughs) to present you with this (laughs) award.
4: We're holding it together because it's It's heavy. It's (laughs) really heavy. (laughs) So those of you who know me know that I'm an Apple fanatic and I could not print what I was going to say tonight because my printer decided um, to go PC instead of Mac. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm deeply honored um, to accept the Puerto Rican Bar Association's For de Mada award tonight. It was very, very unexpected and uh, it is deeply appreciated. I also want to congratulate my fellow co awardees, um, and I honor you. Most of us have abuela stories. My grandmother, Petronila Sintron, was a deeply religious, funny, feisty, and formidable woman. She was also a great cook and made the best pasteles you can possibly imagine. When her sister died, she took charge of her sister's brood and added them to her own. So I'm not exactly sure, but I think it was more than eight children um, that uh, came under her charge. When Abuelo passed away in Patillas, Puerto Rico, Abuela tried to run the family farm. And it was a very large fertile spread. Horses, cows, pigs, tobacco, fruits, vegetables, chickens, and lots and lots of eggs. Mm-hmm. But what happens? Abuela, being a woman, didn't know how to manage a farm. She relied on El Capataz, who had run the farm for her husband, and he robbed her blonde. She lost the family farm. And the whole family moved to town, which means they went from Patillas to Guayama. My mom, who's here tonight, (laughs) (laughs) my mom walked to school every day. Um, She started school, she started first grade when she was four years old. And she walked four miles. And she eventually traveled to Tulsa, Oklahoma, to go to college at 15. But what happened? There was no financial aid then. All of that money ran out. And all of that money ran out for my grandma, too. My grandmother and the family had to relocate to El Barrio. So my mother went from from Tulsa to El Barrio to meet up with the family, from the, factory, from the farm to the factory. My mom's older sisters worked in the factory, cosiendo, planchando, sewing and ironing. And they prevailed. They prevailed. They had to start over. They did start over. And they succeeded through sheer grit. My mom ended up going to school at night, getting her BA and her master's at night while raising us. Um, Dad stayed home after, no, he went to work. (laughs) He went to work, but he he was home at night. (laughs) She ended up teaching high school and college. My mom and our tios and our tias, all imparted their fierce determination to us. To all of us. Abuela passed away at the age of 104. She said she was 102 and she would fight with you if you said that she was 104. But she passed away proud to see the success of her nietos and her bisnietos who became professionals and business people and good moms and dads at whatever they did. I see Abuela's determination in every Latina who's been first in her family to graduate from high school or from college or from law school. Kudos to the women who continue to break barriers at home and at the workplace. All honor is due to each person here who has mentored a student or encouraged a young lawyer or a colleague to stay the course. I had but one grandparent, and that was my abuela. Each of us has an abuela story. And whether or not we have a grandparent, we have our moms, those towers of indomitable strength and integrity who so forcefully have shaped our lives. As women, we are challenged by those who underestimate us, underpay us, devalue us, or even abuse us. But we are women. We are strong. We know how to work in community. We fight for justice. And we fight to build a better world. We can do it. You can do it. The youth of our country are clamoring for change. I look at Emma Gonzalez, the young Cuban-American youth leader who has spoken out so forcefully, so forcefully in Parkland, Florida and at Washington DC just this weekend. The youth of this country are clamoring for change. They can do it too. Thank you for this wonderful award. I accept it with humility in the name of my Lord.
0: Let me tell you, that's, that was um, beautiful to learn about the history of um, of the family. And that's what the Puerto Rican Bar is all about, is that exchange that intercambio that we have with each other. And to learn what a wonderful history of women that you come from. And, you know, and our fathers. We can't leave them out because we can't, you know. <laughs> Obvio. <laughs> you know, that um,
3: <laughs>
0: that, it's, uh, that it's a great pleasure to see that You know, our history is so rich. So thank you very much for sharing. You know, another round of applause. Once again, as the former chair of the uh, the president of the Latino Judges Association, um, I ask you to introduce our next judicial excellence
1: honoree. Okay, well, I'm prepared to deliver the next one. But unfortunately, the next honoree had a family emergency and could not be here. Um, she is and was, who continues to be, a single mom, which is one of her attributes. Um, and her son had an accident, and that's why she couldn't be here tonight. All right, so Godspeed and hope everything is well. With both her and her son, and being a mom, I know how that could be. Very traumatic, so everything we hope will be well with her and her son. Um, but tonight, um, my pleasure, which is still a pleasure and an honor, to introduce a little bit about the next honoree. Uh, she is also a first generation American. Her mother immigrated from Ecuador, and her father was exiled from Cuba as an anti communist leader. Now, Judge Mejia was elected to the Nassau County Family Court on November 17, 2017, and is the first Latina, or Latino, to serve in such a capacity. So here's a first, here's a first with a family, and here's a first as Judge Elizabeth Gonzalez was speaking about, okay? And un orgullo for that family, and I'll tell you why in a few minutes. She was also the first Latina elected to any county-wide judgeship, and the, only the second, and this is Nassau County, and for those of you that keep up, and as judges, and as the former president of the Latino Judges Association, I kept up with the statistics of diversity on the bench, Nassau County, Suffolk County were not the greatest. Um, and only the second Latina to be elected to a countywide position, uh, because her brother, imagine, her brother, the Honorable David Elmahias, was the first. So that's why I said, imagine the orgullo in that family. Not one, but two judges at that dinner table. So you could imagine the discussion in, they were having in that dinner table with two judges sitting there. Now, my money was on mom, okay? Because I'm sure mom would always win those arguments. dígame señora, ¿quién ganaba los argumentos en la casa? Siempre,
3: siempre.
1: Siempre la, fa- la mamá, okay? That's, casi siempre, that's a Latin household, okay, for you. So it doesn't matter what you are, how high you got, mom won. But still an orgullo for the Mejia's family. Um, Like I said, she uh, is a proud mom uh, with her son, Davey, and she speaks three languages. Before she got on the bench, she was a principal court attorney to two judges in Nassau County. She attended Wesley College, magna cum laude, and received her Juris Doctor from Columbia Law School. Now, what's extraordinary of Judge Mahia is that she is very active in her community. She's very active in her church. She is most, most passionate uh, about educating young women, having young women learn and accept their full potential, that they can be someone, that they can reach their potential. Not only that, teaching the parents to teach their children. So she mentors Moms of Long Island, And she also is a mentor of the Long Island Latino Teachers Association's Girls Inc. And she's been recognized with a lot of awards and recognition um, from the Nassau County Women's Bar Association where she was past president. Um, She received citations as the Latina in the Law Award from COPE um, and recognized from the Long Island Hispanic Counseling Center for her work in helping families and children. So it is my honor to present, although she's not here today, um, another colleague of mine who I adore, who is great in mentoring uh, law students, in preparing them, because two of them have gone now on the bench also, Um, Josias also former president of the Latino Judges Association, will accept the award on behalf of Honorable Linda Kelly Mejias.
5: So uh, I'm honored to be the only man to receive an award tonight. Even though I know I'm accepting it on her behalf, so this is beautiful. And uh, let me just say a few things if I could. No, and and number, number no, one can't. is, um, uh, you know, uh, we have the best, first of all, as, as the president of the Latino Judges Association, we've had the best president in many years. And she was, uh, oh, Wilma went from leading the Latino Judges Association to now leading the Puerto Rican Bar Association. And, I'm, I'm, and she's got kids of her own and grandkids. And I know some of them are here. And it's like, you think about like how busy she is and raising a family and and doing all these things and she still fi- finds time to serve in the way she is so i'm so, I'm so proud of you. you and um thank you for giving me this chance to to do this you know i've been coming to these 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 events used to happen at uh breakfasts they used to be an 8 30 breakfast so oh. you know if you lived in queens you had to like really get up early to come here and i'm glad that they're doing it at night now <laughs> getting a better turnout maybe even Uh, But certainly want to congratulate the other honorees, especially my good friend uh, Lizbeth Gonzalez, who I love, and Betty Lugo, uh, who I love and and know them well. Um, Judge Mejia is a judge who um, ran in Nassau County, and that's a county that is not uh, amenable typically to electing Latinas or Latinos. I think she's only the second uh, uh, judge in, in Nassau, Latina judge, that's gotten elected, so... I am sure that um, uh, this will make her very proud, and I'm proud to accept it on her behalf.
0: Our next honoree would be the corporate law honoree, and I'm asking one of our board members, who's also the chair of the corporate law uh, committee, Tomasita Shears.
6: Good evening, family. How are you? I'm Tomasita Shear, as, as she just said. I'm the chair of the corporate law committee of the PRBA, and I'm so honored and pleased to present this award to Maria Melendez. Maria is a remarkable person. And I say that not only because of what she has accomplished but how she has done it. And anyone that knows her would say that she has a presence, managing to do it all while making it look effortless. Now, don't get me wrong, Maria is a powerhouse in the courtroom, a partner at the global law firm Sidley & Austin, representing multi-million dollar corporations in complex business litigation, but also representing pro bono clients, including an inmate who currently sits on death row. Maria is the recipient of many awards, and many of them are in this pamphlet here, but I do want to raise up three of them. She was recently named as one of the top 250 women in litigation by benchmark litigation. She received the Change Agent Award by the Council of Urban Professionals and the New York Civic Spirit Award by this Women's City Club. And as if all of that wasn't enough, Maria in her spare time heads up Latino Justice Pearl Def as chairman of the board. As many of you know, Latino Justice is the nation's premier civil rights organization dedicated to protecting the rights of all Latinos. With her leadership, they are proudly at the forefront, fighting renewed efforts to displace Latinos in this country, and providing legal assistance to Puerto Ricans who are still suffering in Puerto Rico as a result of Hurricane Maria. No relation to our Maria, of course. Maria is. Hurricane. In the <laughs> <laughs> a different kind of hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> Maria is fierce, yet humble, a worthy adversary, and yet a mom, a girlfriend, who you can laugh or cry with. In short, Maria is a Latina, and one that we can all be proud of. Please join me in presenting this Flor de Maga Award to Maria Melendez.
7: So I already started crying um, during the Honorable Elizabeth's remarks. And then, uh, Tomasita, that was beautiful. I'm like, who is she talking about? (laughs) Um, But but thank you. Thank you so much for the lovely remarks. And thank you to the PRBA. Um, I really am truly humbled by this recognition and very much honored and happy to receive it. So thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you to the board and the officers who... um, or somehow put my name in and someone said yes. So thank you. Whoever said yes, I I greatly appreciate it. Um, I also want to take a moment to uh, recognize a couple of important people in the room, um, the first of which is my husband, Jim. Um, Jim and I met in college when we were 17 years old. Um, So when uh, I think Tomasita said that, um, you know, I've done it all, yes, I guess arguably I've done it all, but I would not have done it without Jim. So thank you for everything you have done for me, and um, I just want to acknowledge him. Um, The the work that I do with Latino Justice Pearl Def is is truly a labor of love. It's a fantastic organization, and I highly encourage you all to become more involved and aware of the work that it's doing, because it's phenomenal. And one of my fellow board members, El Senor Ricardo Oquendo, is here. So thank you, Ricardo, for uh, joining us tonight. I really appreciate your presence. I know for sure that you're here only for me. Uh, At least that's what I'm saying to myself. Um, And then a a surprise, uh, a surprise attendee. Yeah, right, Madam Chair. He he just he's playing nice because he doesn't want me to point him to any more committees. Um, uh, And one last uh, person in the room, uh, which I was thrilled to see when she walked in, is Celia Lopez, um, whom I also met when I was 17. We were 17 uh, as freshmen uh, at Syracuse University. Sally, thank you so much for being here. I'm like speechless. so I, I was born in, in Ponce, Puerto Rico, um, yes, yes, Ponce's in the house. Um, I was raised in uh, Brooklyn, New York, so not the Boogie Down Bronx, I get it, but Brooklyn. Um, and and uh, raised by, by a single mom uh, with two younger brothers and I was uh, the first to graduate high school, I was the first um, to, to go to college. And I was first to go to law school. I'm a proud graduate of Albany Law School. And I know Betty, woohoo, <laughs> Albany Law School, um, and Steve Younger, who was here earlier. Um, so I, I, I did, um, uh, was touched by the remarks about being the first that others have made. Um, because it was and continues to be humbling for me to think of where I am today versus where I came from. Um, And it's a journey that I I am very proud of and I thought I would share um, some of that with you tonight um, in the hopes that it can potentially be um, motivating or inspiring to to others in the room. Um, So I graduated law school in 1992 and when I um, went to law school I went to law school with the idea that I was going to join the public sector. I was going to go to the DA's office, I was going to go to legal aid, I was going to be a champion for my community, which I thought was um, uh, severely underrepresented um, and um, justice was not being served. So I went to law school, get my degree, graduate, and, and start being a champion for my people. And I was fortunate enough to get an a, um, offer to join the Manhattan DA's office, which at the time was roughly paying 30000 33000 somewhere in that neighborhood. And I was also very blessed to have received an offer to join a... Um, A big law firm. And the law firm uh, at the time was offering, was paying first year lawyers roughly $83,000. And so I'm like, 30 and 83, okay, 83. Um, So I went with 83 and I did a law firm with the idea that I would uh, go there for a couple years, earn some money, pay off my school loans, and then be um, financially um, healthy and able to go into the public sector, which as you, many of you know, does not pay um, nearly as much as it ought to be paid. Um, so that was my plan. I was going to go to a law firm, and I was going to make some money and, and, and then then go back to my dream. Um, and at the law firm, so I joined in 1992. I joined was then uh, Breed, in Morgan. I was a summer associate there and then started my first year as a litigator and ultimately went to what is now Brandon Wood um, in 1993. And early on in my career, um, I had... Um, some anxieties, right? Because I was in the early 90s, um, I, as best as I can recall, I was the only Latina at the law firm. Um, so, and I probably was one of a handful of, of people of color at the law firm. Everyone else, at least to my mind, seemed to be these, you know, very big, impressive, um, worldly people who graduated from Ivy League law schools and undergraduates. And, and I did not feel as though I really fed Fit, fit in right because I was different in many in many in many ways um, so I, I had doubts I kept saying to myself you know I don't know if I can do this they're, they're smarter than me they're they they speak better than me I had the, a little bit of an accent um, which I've tried to manage here and there but every now and again say I so so I was you know I was struggling with that and at the time I didn't have um, the mentors in the profession that uh, I felt comfortable sharing my anxieties and insecurities with, and so I, I kept it, a lot of that to myself, and 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 probably took it out of my husband Jim. Um, uh, but but you know I, I decided that I was just going to um, stay the course, um, and and hope that um, I would not be revealed as an imposter, right? This Puerto Rican girl from Brooklyn. Um, in, the, in the big law firm world, uh, Wall Street firm. So I, was, I came up with this great plan. I'm going to keep my head down. I'm going to do my job. I'm going to collect that paycheck, and in two years, I'm out. That was, I'm out. Um, and then I realized um, a couple of things along the way was that, you know, I actually, I really loved practicing law. I loved my clients, most of my client base at the time. and continues to be financial service. Uh, Firms, Merrill Lynch was one of my biggest clients, and I was Bank of America. Um, And the more work that I got and the more I got integrated into the firm, I realized that I got this. The people, my colleagues at the firm, yes, they were really smart lawyers. Yes, um, they worked really hard, but they weren't better than me. You know, They were just people who worked hard and had amazing experiences, and those experiences led to opportunities so that they felt really good about themselves, and they presented and projected this confidence that I think was what I was um, reacting to when I first walked into the door and feeling a little bit intimidated by that. Um, but as I got more opportunities and as I got my first you know, ex-parte uh, motion that I had to go get and argued as a first-year lawyer, my first deposition, my first trial, all these firsts, I realized that I can do this. And what the, my plan shifted a little bit because originally I was talking about two years at the firm and then I would jump to public sector. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I kind of really like what I'm doing and I really, really, really like my paycheck. Um, <laughs> and, and, and bonus, bonus, what I realized, why mess with that exactly? What I realized was that from the private sector, I was in a position that I could have a really meaningful impact in my community. I was able to do pro bono work. I did pro bono work right from my second year of law school and I continue to do a uh, second year of the firm and I continue to do that today. I um, did a lot of work with In Motion representing mostly Latinas who are victims of domestic violence um, getting their matrimonial um, actions resolved, divorces, child support, child custody. And as Tomasita mentioned, um, I got involved in a death penalty case of an inmate that's um, in Alabama. Um, and I enjoyed doing that. And I found that I was able to have the impact that I was craving for in the public sector. I was able to do it from the benefit of both that paycheck uh, and, and um, the promoter work that I was able to do. And I'm fortunate enough to be at a firm now where um, they welcome and they encourage lawyers to do that kind of stuff. So I stayed, I stayed, I worked hard. I I really um, continued to believe in myself and and my confidence grew. And in 2001, I was elected partner. Um, In 2001, December 2001, I was the first um, Latina to be elected partner at Sidley Austin. Um, thank you, and uh, unfortunately, um, that was December of 2001, I was elected partner. It's now, what are we, March of 2018, and we have not um, elected another Latina partner um, from the associate ranks. We have other Latina partners who have come and joined us laterally, but we have not. So we're working on it. There's a couple of Latinas in the pipeline that are um, uh, looking very promising, and hopefully we will have another Latina partner in New York. Um, so that was 2001, 2003, I received a phone call from the PRBA. P- P- R- Maria, congratulations, we're going to give you the, As- um, the Oscar Rivera Distinguished Achievement Award. And I was like, oh my god, this is amazing, this is exciting, and I was thrilled and I hung up the phone. And then I called back and I said, um, wait, okay, why am I getting this award? And, uh, oh Maria, you're great. Stephen, come on in. Steven Gasser, everyone. Hey. <laughs> and um, thank you. Um, so uh, I called back, and, and I well, you know, and I don't remember if I spoke. I was speaking with Dolly, or I was speaking with Carmen or with Betty. I don't remember. But they said, um, oh, Maria, you you know, you're great. Like yeah, yeah, I know that. But um, why? Why am I getting this award? And what I understood and recalled the conversation it went along the lines. Well, Maria, you are one of the few. Latina partners and major law firms in New York City. And we want to honor and, and recognize that. And I, and I couldn't believe it. I was like, surely you're mistaken. There must be more. Um, and sure enough, I, I did some due diligence and found that, in fact, I was one of, at the time, a handful of Latina partners and major law firms in New York City. And that started me on a, on a quest, like, where are the Latinas? Where are the Latina partners? Um, According to the most recent statistics that are out there right now, from now, based on 2017 findings, there are roughly 50,000 partners across the country. Um, Of that 50,000, Latinas represent only 0.73% across the entire country. In New York City, there are roughly uh, 6,500 partners. And of the 6,500 partners in New York City, uh, Latinas represent 0.67%. So roughly, and math has never been one of my strong suits, but that apparently turns out to be about 43. That's from solo practitioners all the way up through big law firm. 43 in 2018 in New York City. And um, the the comparable statistics for um, Latinas in the judiciary, in the government, in corporate America, they're very much the same. So... Why why these statistics continue to be um, as depressing, uh, perhaps, as they are is a really complex question that we would spend and need the rest of this evening to cover. Um, So I don't want to get into that right now. But I do want to share with you my final thought here is, um, and this particularly for the Latinas in the room, um, the junior lawyers who are in either private practice or in the public sector, Um, please do not let these statistics dampen your resolve and commitment to this most honorable profession. We need people like yourselves to stay in the game. Um, The doors have opened significantly from when I was coming out of school and and some of my other colleagues here were coming out of school, Um, so the opportunities are there, but you have to be in the room in order to take advantage of those opportunities. So if you want to speak to someone who's in the private sector, please, by all means, um, call me. I'm happy to talk. Coffee, drinks, either works really well. Um, and really, I encourage you to, to do not self-select yourself out just because you look at the statistics, and the statistics suggest that there's not a future for you in leadership. I really do encourage you. I also encourage you to be more visible in your community. It's important to see... You know, the women who are being honored tonight are are truly just amazing women, and um, you can be them too. Um, And you just have to believe in yourself, and I'm sure I'm probably speaking uh, for all of us. Um, If there's anything we can do to help you, please uh, do not hesitate to reach out. And also, reach out to the white guys. you know, I'm, and I'm serious about this. You know, someone mentioned earlier that diversity wasn't a word that was used uh, back when this organization was founded, and that's absolutely true. But diversity certainly has been a topic of discussion over the last couple of decades. Most of, my, of that discussion, in my opinion, has been amongst ourselves, right? We have been sort of talking and preaching to the choir. Um, there are many, many, um, you know, white heterosexual men out there that are willing and able to help us Make more inroads, and what I see sometimes lacking is that we don't invite them to the table as often as we should. Um, The more we can educate the broader audience about what our issues and concerns are, I think the more effective we will be um, in making and moving the dial in a more meaningful way. And finally, let me just say that we should all just take a deep breath every now and again, right? I mean. There's so much going on out there in this country right now. Um, many of the things that are coming out as it relates to the Latino community in particular are, are really just um, particularly frustrating and um, disturbing. Um, but we are in uh, members of a profession that is truly just remarkable. And we have the power um, as a result of being a member of, of the bar to really make a difference and, and revel in that. Revel in the rule of law. Revel in the fact that you can make a difference. Protect our rights. Join organizations that are out there helping to uphold our core values. Um, not the least of which, I will say, um, engraved in the front of the United States Supreme Court, um, as I'm sure you all know, is, is the, the quote, equal justice under law. Embrace that. Um, When you get depressed by what's going on out there, just remember those words because I really do think that they will help motivate you and move you on to combat and take on these challenges that we're facing today. With that, thank you so much um, for listening to me today. Um, Congratulations to my fellow honorees. Thank you again to Carmen Pacheco and Betty Lugo for everything you've done for this organization.
0: was wonderful. I mean, the fact that we have made great strides, although we have little strides, but in fact, just as long as we make strides, we're good. Um, oh. uh, welcome, uh, Stephen uh, Gauster. He's the interim general counsel uh, to Metropolitan Life. You know, welcome to our forum, Puerto Rican bar. Benetta Amory. She's very important because she's the diversity queen over at Kelly Drive. Thank you very much. And Judge um, uh, Margaret Finnery and uh, Judge Robert Reed, thank you for your attendance. Thank you, Betty. Uh, The next honoree is um, for the corporate law is uh, Julissa Reynoso. Uh, she was not able to attend, however, but in this, we've. Uh, she has. Uh, she's very sick. She has um, strep throat and laryngitis, and her son is very ill as a result of her being sick. But uh, here to introduce her, which was part of the plan, is her mother. Uh, come up, Rosario Reynoso. She was. Mrs. Um, Reynoso is, is a person who stands on her own as well, who's done a fabulous job with her, with her daughters, um, as you can see in the book, uh, Julissa uh, Reynoso, and also uh, Jessica Reynoso, who is the right-hand person to the public advocate, uh, Letitia James. Uh, so here to talk about her daughter and to give us a conversation entwined with her life is la Senora Rosario Reynoso. Gracias.
8: Buenas noches. Buenas noches.
0: Buenas noches.
8: Primero le doy gracias a Dios. Amén. Amén. Ante todo, sin él nada. Y a ella que me invito. <risa> Soy la mamá de Yulisa Reynoso. Me llamo Rosario Pantaleón. Soy dominicana. Y la mamá de Yulisa, Ana, eh, yo di a luz una niña muy linda y otra niña muy linda llamada Jessica y Yulisa Yulisa nació en un pueblecito en un campo pequeño perteneciente a la provincia de Hermanas Mirabal Yulisa Reynoso vino a este país a la edad de 7 años yo vine primero a explorar mentira a través de mi esposo (risa) Este, en Yulisa, se quedó allá con mi papá y con mi abuela en el campo. Muy pobre, pero con mucho, que eso es lo que vale. Este, la criaron muy humilde, y bueno, yo podría durar la noche entera hablando de esto mi papá la crió muy ñoña y mi papá la montaba en el caballo en el frente para llevar el cacao que cogía de la finquita a llevarlo a vender sin zapato aquí y mi papá aquí en el caballo con dos álganas aquí me cuentan, me mandaban fotos de ella Eh, hizo su segundo grado allí de la primaria pasó a tercero recuerdo la traje en un verano Eh, eh, me di cuenta que una escuela mm, católica estaba detrás de mí y quise ponerla allí cuando llegué y expliqué que ya había pasado tercer grado eh, dijeron no, vamos a ponerla en segundo por su idioma y muchas cosas que cuando la puse en segundo grado recuerdo a la maestra Siste Sandy que todavía la veo por ahí en las iglesias eh, Yulisa y eh, desde el primer instante que entró este, aunque llorábamos juntas pero el inglés se le, pero se le metió rápido <risa> eh, que más decirle ahí fue a San Atanasio como le dije ahorita este, cursó hasta el octavo grado fue dedicada completamente de todos los cursos que ejercía ahí era la primera dedicada, dedicada pero tú sabes lo que era Llegaba a casa, se metía en el cuarto. Yo tenía que llevarle la comida allí. Yulisa, ¿tú no vas a comer? Ahí comía en la cama. Llegaba la visita, nada. Era completamente dedicada a ella. Muy tímida. No sé. Y después se abrió. Eh, De aquí, del San Astanacio fue a Coayne High School. Ahí hizo el el, High School. Ahí fue una cosa tremenda. Creo que a los 15 años eh, fue a México, la mandaban a diferentes países a, a hacer, hacer seminarios de la misma escuela o algo así. Ahí en, en Aquaine se ganó todos los honores. ¿sabes? Pero a no le ponía mucho asunto a los honores, era una cosa tremenda. Sino que era tan humilde que yo lo iba acumulando en casa y guárdalo ahí. Ahí este, aplicó para la Universidad de Harvard. A muchas. Pero decidió irse allá a Harvard. University. ahí Allá formó muchísimos grupos de diferentes mamás. Él, y yo iba muy frecuentemente a verla porque el apoyo familiar eso es lo más importante. Eh, de ahí este, fue a Cambridge, a Inglaterra. Yo la acompañé, muy pomposa. Eh, allá hizo el máster en un año. Y de allá... Cuando fui, vi que ella también tenía desde los sitios anteriores, personas allá que la apoyaron, amistades y cosas allá. Entonces, de ahí, hizo el máster en un año, vino para atrás, fue a Colombia, hizo el doctorado en Colombia, creo, no sé si fue, no sé qué tiempo, no me acuerdo muy bien. Eh, En Colombia lo hizo el máster. Después se dedicó a la política y se fue a vivir a Washington. Allá, este, fue una cosa tremenda. Eh, eh, trabajó con, con Obama, con Hillary, una cosa extraordinaria. Que, que recientemente hace un año ella trabajaba con Hillary haciendo campaña y loca. Eso no, eso no dormía ni nada de eso. ¿Qué más? ¿Qué más le digo? Eh, todos esos logros se logran a, lo, a, a los padres, a los abuelitos, y a mi abuela que, que, que le dio tan, tanto mimo y a la, a la vez respeto. Eh, y logros también por, por los profesores que eran tan buenos. ¿Y, y qué más? ¿Qué más decirle? Si me pongo a hablar de Julissa, se me ha olvidado muchísima cosa de ella. Es tremenda. Y para la gloria del Señor, tiene un chichi que se llama Lucas. Tiene dos años. A ella la visita muchísima gente. Eso no duerme. Es sorpresa para mí que no está aquí porque es tremenda. Digo, se estará muriendo que no vino. Porque es eléctrica. ¿Qué más? Gracias, gracias, gracias. ¿Qué más decirle? Hasta luego, que nos vemos la próxima. Gracias, gracias por ella. Gracias, gracias, gracias. Bendición. 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 Muchas gracias. gracias.
0: Well, that is a blessing. We've heard so many things, and the fact that there was an opportunity here, uh, for many people, it shows that there's the wrong direction, maybe, uh, not to get into politics, that, that things are just in the wrong direction. To have had such a, a wonderful parent like yourself, Senora Rosario, uh, it was a blessing uh, for Julissa, and we're happy that, uh, that you were able to talk about her. Thank you. Now, I have the distinct pleasure of um, introducing the Law Impact entrepreneur, Betty Lugo. Ooh. For those who don't know Betty,
3: <laughs> okay. okay. There's a
0: lot to say, <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: but you can read all about her in, in the brochure as far as her accolades. I met Betty when we were in college, uh, two friends. You can come on up. Yeah, come on up, buddy. Uh, you know, and, 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 and I don't get an opportunity really to speak about her too much because I avoid that because then I think she tries to take the other 50% interest and make it 60% or 70% saying that, you know, hey, I deserve it. but uh, Betty Lugo is an individual who gives greater even than the Ever Ready Battery bunny. she's a person who gives of herself 100% I mean the lawyer is who they are and that's wonderful but when the lawyer feels deep inside that they have a mission a mission of advocacy, a mission of doing the right thing, a mission of integrity a mission goes even beyond who you are that's who Betty Lugo is. She strikes the epitome of many things. One of which is the epitome of an of an attorney, the epitome of a of a great daughter because she was a really fabulous daughter, uh, a good sister. She's my sister as well. She's, you know, we're two days apart. I'm not going to say about the three same days. year. Yeah. Three days. Three. Oh, three days. I'm sorry. I'm older, of course. You know, <laughs> and and uh, and she embraces. Uh, all of the things that you need to in life to create a better society. Uh, her mother, and I'm sure she's gonna say a few things, her mother was a great businesswoman. And when Betty and I started to practice, uh, it was really Betty who really had the way of saying, hey, we can brand ourselves like this. And all I wanted to do was just I just gotta practice, Lord. we just gotta get this brief out. What's going on? She goes, no, no, no. Somebody told me that we were the first Hispanic woman-owned law firm in New York, and uh, that was uh, the Honorable Shirley Remenisky. Uh And then it went from there. But I was more shy than Betty, clearly, you know. <laughs> I don't know why I picked that. But that. Uh, and it was, it was through her push. And we take turns pushing now. And I have to tell you that uh, having the experience of working with your best friend is an amazing experience and an amazing journey. And to have an experience with someone who you know is going to do the right thing is even a greater blessing. When we were in the World Trade Center in 1993, uh, we had the opportunity to know the reaction of somebody who knows about death. Uh, We were in the first explosion. And I recall we were running out. And I grabbed. uh, Goes down the stairs, and I stand there, and the smoke billows up. And having gone to the private school of the time, which is always Catholic school for the Latinos and, you know, others, uh, people who didn't have the the wherewithal or the financial opportunity to really put their kids in a private school, private school to us was Catholic schools. uh, Betty turns around, let's go. And I said, I can't. She goes, what do you mean you can't? I can't. She says, why? She says, Betty, I am the warden for this quadrant. I can't leave. I, my, and she looks at me, and it was not her responsibility. It was mine. And she stops, and she sees me, and she says, hey, let's go. Well, I'll, Let's do this together. So she stayed behind, regardless of the consequences, life or death. To stand behind, and to fulfill what I felt was my obligation. And she took it on herself. I signed the papers, and she did. We helped people out. We went down, and we took turns, and when we went down, all the doors were closed. I remember I sat back, I was like, wow. She came back down, she said, what are you doing? I said, the doors were closed. She was I know, let's go. So ultimately we did get out, but then she couldn't go anywhere. And it was, it was dark. And I said, she said, you go. I said, I'm not leaving you. I said, like heck, I think I said another word, but like heck. <laughs> <laughs> and we, I pulled her and we went through and then we were sharing. But in moments of crisis, you don't ever get that opportunity to know how somebody's going to react. And I can tell you with the utmost of conviction that Betty Lou is one of those people who will never leave you in a, in a bad spot. She'll always complete the work that she needs to complete as a human being and as an attorney is everything. And uh, she's a person who uh, you can see the commitment that she has when she takes on a project, she takes on a friend, she takes on whatever it is that she's going to take on. She's going to take it to completion. And you know what? You can count on Betty. I called her one time, Boricua Betty, but I'm going to tell you that she'll never flat, flat leave you, and she should count on Betty. <laughs> Thank you.
9: I oh, give you a talk Thank you. Thank you. Oh, do I do my speech first and then get to one? Yeah. Because yeah. okay. it made me cry. Buenas noches a todos. Good evening, everybody. First, let's thank God for the gift of life. Gracias al Señor por nuestras vidas. And for the opportunity to be able to celebrate this evening with family and friends and the accomplishments of so many distinguished honorees. And for our guests, um, and I want to point out my aunt, Isabel Rivera, who's in the audience. Thank you so much for coming. And for other family members who are here, Elizabeth Vega, who's like my sister also. Thank you for coming. And for the young people who are here, one of my little godson that became a mentee, but now he's my godson, Robert Bonilla, who works at the Brooklyn DA's office, who brought two other Brooklyn DA's, uh, assistant DA's with him. And he's definitely paying it forward. So I definitely taught you well. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. You know, um, I have to receive this award in honor of my mother, and I'm so glad that Judge Lisbeth Gonzalez and everybody's talking about family, y nuestras madres. My mother passed away in 1993, but she did get to see Pacheco and Lugo. And my mother, Juanita Martinez Figueroa, de Ciales, Puerto Rico, came here in 1959 when I was born. She was already six months pregnant with me. And she came here with the anxieties that everybody has. But as the youngest of six children, um, she raised us pretty much on her own in Bedford-Stuyvesant Williamsburg. She had a business, she had a store, and she was able to own real estate despite the fact that she only had a fourth grade education in Puerto Rico and came to New York and got her GED diploma and became a hairstylist and opened up a business because she was just naturally smart, and she loved everybody, and everybody loved her back. She was the mayor. For me, she was a mayor. Every every factory worker in the neighborhood would come to her, Dona doñana and she, everybody loved her. And um, when we were opening up our firm, she was very proud, but she was very concerned, and she said to me, um, are you crazy? How are you going to pay the rent in the World Trade Center? And I said, Mom, I said, you raised me, to believe that there is nothing I cannot do in this life. With God above me, there is nothing I cannot do. And although she was nervous and stressed out and everything, she, um, she supported every, everything I did, even though I still have a Christmas card from her that says, Dear daughter, I love you very much, but let me tell you something. I don't agree with what you're gonna do with Carmen. Because in order to do that, because could you imagine? 29th floor of One World Trade Center, 1992. I mean, there was no Latinas in partners of law firms. So I looked at Carmen, Carmen looked at me, but Carmen's really the inspiration because she was working on Wall Street already. I was the first Latina at the Nassau County DA's office. And she says, Betty, we gotta do this. And she signed her, a lease, personally, not as a corporation, personally, 10 year lease at the World Trade Center. That takes a lot of guts, because I, I don't think I would have done it. But Carmen did it, and things happened, and then I realized, similar to you know what Maria was saying, and it's like, something snaps. And as you know, so I was working at this firm, 20 men, I was the only woman, and I said, I'm never going to make partner in this firm, or I'm never going to grow. I said, something has to happen, and I know that God, for me, has always been there, and he's always paved the way for me. And that's why I'm so thankful, and I always give back, because God is the one that's, that leads me to wherever I have gone. And I do it to raise my family, to lift up my community, to lift up others, and I love it when I see young people that I've mentored come back and they mentor others, and even people older than me that I that come up to me and they say, I'm inspired by what you've done because you've made a difference. And when Carmen and I opened the firm, a lot of small firms were coming up to us, they said, you know, I saw you guys in the paper, and because of that, I opened up my own firm, or I opened up my own business. And it's it's very difficult, it's been very difficult, but I know that God has always been with me and in my path. And I know that not, not only as a Puerto Rican, but as a Latina attorney, we are warriors. And I know, I personally am, a descendant of warriors because to get to where I am, after all that I've been through, um, Carmen's laughing. <laughs> after all that my mother's been through, I did it you know, to make her proud. But um, I have to thank all the mothers that are here today, all the people who have made a difference. You know, Carmen and I are two good friends. We're like sisters, so it's all about family. It's all about making a difference. Even Judge Guzman has become like a sister. And it's about not being selfish. It's about lifting each other up. That if you can't do something, or somebody calls you up, Betty, could you help me? I'm like, and even if somebody doesn't ask me, it's, listen, you know, I'm looking at your resume. I think you should start moving up or doing something. And it's not like, it's just like, I love to help people because if you grow and if you get lifted up, if you become a partner, you're lifting me up and you're lifting up our community and that makes a difference. And that's why, you know, it's, it's, it's so, I'm so honored tonight. And I want to thank my business partner, Carmen Pacheco and her mother who comes to our office every day, who was an unsung hero last year. And, um, and I just, you know, just the, my message to all of you is to you know to everyone that no matter how hard life gets God could strangle you but he will never right God will squeeze you but he won't he will never choke you. So as as heavy as your life may get, you just gotta put it in prayer, put it in prayer and everything is gonna be okay. So 26 years later, Pacheco and Lugo is still going strong. We bought a building in Brooklyn, um, five blocks from the Barclays Center, and we're still here. And we're still here representing our community, doing the right thing, whether we make money, we don't make money. And believe me, sometimes you don't make money, but you make a difference. You're helping somebody who needs help. In fact, today I got a phone call um, that of somebody who's a group of people from Puerto Rico that are living in a hotel in the Bronx, domestic violence. So I'm going to call Maria. I said, Maria, this person needs help. Could you, you know, help her? But um, there's a lot of help that our, that our community needs. We need to build more attorneys. We need to be here for you, young people. We are here. Judge Zayas, who's already mentored, and he brought his mentee, who's going to start Columbia Law School. And he brought Judge Novillo, who's a brand new judge, the second Ecuadorian judge in New York State. Welcome. You know, it's, we're all about making a difference. It's all about making a difference and being inclusive and loving each other. We're about, it's Puerto Rican, but it's Latino, and it's everybody, because Puerto Ricans love everybody. And tonight, you're all Puerto Rican. Buenas noches, gracias. That might work.
0: I have to say we have a lot of customers <laughs> after a long struggle we'll have with many customers and I'm very grateful to um, everything that you said Betty because it is true it's about giving back and uh, to tie it together also with uh, Marie Melendez It's in, when I was over at the uh, an old-line Wall Street firm, they made a woman partner. There were no women partners at all. Uh, And I was the first Latina to uh, go to the firm. I never thought about it first or whatever. I just wanted to work. And in that time period, the woman became a partner. The attorney became a partner because she brought $2.5 million worth of business to the firm. And then when the business dried up, so did she. You know, so it's, it hasn't been easy whether you're a Latino or not. It, it just gets, you know, it's a little bit more challenging, but it's not easy out there. And it's all about the connections you make, and we hope that corporate America starts realizing that in order for us to stay where we are, um, it's all about sponsorship within the firm and sponsorship outside with general counsels. That's really important. So our next honoree is um, it's on the move. It's, a, it's all about uh, young... Uh, law students, and um, her name is uh, Desiree uh, Joy Frias, and we're going to ask her mother to come up, um, Marlene Sintrong, who's a PRBA member and been involved with us for many years to introduce her daughter. Marlene is the president of the Bronx Overall Economic Development Corporation. For those of you who don't know Marlene.
10: Good evening. evening. It's been a special evening. We are hearing stories of family, faith, and really strong sisterhood. Um, As I was running out of my office like a loca to get my my nails done to pick up Desiree, I ran back into my conference room because I wanted to make sure that I got something right. And I needed a date. And never in my wildest dreams did I ever imagine that five years after I received a Flora de Maga award, I would be standing here and doing the same for my daughter. I hope I'm not the first, and I certainly hope that that happens many, 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 many more times, because that really is the legacy. And so thank you for that. Uh, thank you for the nerve-wracking privilege of introducing my daughter. Um, I have to let you know that my daughter was born, sorry, Desiree, August 19, 1993. <laughs> the reason why I am so certain of that date was because that date was chosen through the process of a major negotiation between me and my OBGYN.
3: Um, the reason
10: for that was because I did not want her to be a Virgo. I already had one in the house, and I was not having it. Not having it. And so... Um, <laughs> so... The thing was that um, Doctor Rosa Gonzalez, Cubana, uh, doctora, ah, la conoces? (laughs) I, pues. um, We we talked to each other, and I said, so am I the last person who's going to give birth in the month of August? And she says, yes, I'm waiting on you. And I said, well, I mean, that means that you're not going to be able to finalize your vacation plans until, you know, I give birth naturally. And she goes, yes. And I said why don't we work with each other? <laughs> and and the end result was my beautiful daughter. Um, we talked about private schools. I was a single mom, two kids. I worked for a number of elected officials. And when I was pregnant with Desiree, I was working for Dave Dinkins. And so it was important for me to really be able to kind of control my environment um, so that I could be a productive individual, and at the same time, uh, be a mom. And so we chose a date, and I assure you that that was the last time I was ever in charge. (laughs) Desiree, um, what I say, I love to say is that she dropped out of the Bronx High School of Science at the age of 16 in the 11th grade in order to start college. Um, she never came back until last year, um, she's been in a rush to get through with this academic stuff so that she could get on with life, and as any mother would want, and as any mom who was a single mom, I really wanted her, I sacrificed a lot so that she could go to some really fine schools. Um, she went to a private school that Ricardo and I both know well. Um, and she's been through a lot of adversity because when you kind of stick out like a sore thumb, um, other people remind you. And so I remember the day when she was eight years old and she came home and she said, Ma, what? I went back. And I was like, what? And I said, nothing that you should concern yourself with. Inside the phone, spoke to the principal, and the next morning I was there with Desiree and the young boy, her classmate who said it, and the boy's mother, who was a legacy parent at the school. She had like four kids in the school paying mm-hmm. $27,000 a piece. Desiree uh, was on scholarship, I was still paying some, but uh, she was definitely there because of her brains not because of her parents' pocket. And that's always the difference between where we are, um, but not necessarily where we go. She finished her master's um, in public administration and is finishing her thesis on Puerto Rico and uh, from American law school. And so at the age of 24. She is graduating with a joint degree. I wanted her to come back and make a lot of money, uh, because I have none. uh, Because I've been busy doing public service, and we have argued a lot about that. And just last night, even though I told her not to go, she was in Hunts Point at the prison barge bailing out an 18 year old young man that she does not know because he could not post bail and bail was a dollar. And so she has rescued maybe 30 dogs, found homes for them. Um, She rescues and loves and loves some more and gives and loves some more. And so I am not complaining and no, Nat, she didn't rescue you. She just loves you. Um, but certainly she has done everything her own way. She asked him to marry her. Um, she gave him not an engagement ring, but rather an engagement bra- bracelet with the, uh, with the coordinates of where they met. Um, p- playing Pokemon, I'm sorry, Desiree, this is what happens when mothers are asked um, to introduce their daughters. Um, but I am a very, very, very... Proud Mom, and so, I just want to say that she is a a young lady who's moving on up, but as far as I'm concerned, she is here and world watch out because she was quoted in the New York Times, front page of the New York Times in the women's March this year. Uh, she was dressed as a handmaiden for those of you who don't know what that is. Check out Hulu. The the show is called Handmaiden, and it really is something that we women need to be concerned about, because we're still not in control of our destinies. And so she's an advocate, she's a major rabble rouser, and I love her to death. And I am going to introduce to you to my favorite product, Desiree Joy Prias,
3: because she is a joy.
5: serio?
4: I did. iPhone not touch
11: Um. Thank you, thank you, everyone. Thank you, mom, for introducing me um, and for always being my hype woman. Um, she, seriously, she'll talk to anyone about me. Um, and you know, yeah, you know you, can, you know, you kind of feel like, oh, I'm so embarrassed even, even now as an adult, but I think that we all need to make sure that we're someone else's hype man or hype woman. We need to bring each other up in that way. So thank you everyone for having me here today. This was an absolute shock. Um, Someone like me, nerdy, queer, a millennial, a woman of color from the South Bronx, you don't think that people are watching you um, other than mommy, nana, and God, in that order. Um, (laughs) They're always watching no but I really do appreciate this and it's really an honor and thank you to the Puerto Rican Bar Association and congratulations to my fellow honorees but this is not my her story. this is the story of us this is the story of Taino women raising Taino warriors of my grandparents leaving Puerto Rico for Nueva York sin saber nada de inglés Of my mommy working until 10 p.m. or later. Of my nana raising me as if I came from her own flesh. My story is woven into my community. Into the fabric of the South Bronx. In my heritage, I am strong because my threads run deep. Who am I without who they are? My cup runs over because of all the women that poured into me first. According to Harvard Business School, women only apply to jobs if they have 100% of the qualifications, while men apply if they only have 60%. Women ask for 10% less in salary negotiations than men, and when they do ask, they are 32% less likely to get a raise. The word agency came up for me a lot this week. Someone said a young woman of color did not have the right to run for office because she hadn't paid her dues to the political machine, despite living in the area her whole life and being a staffer for years to another elected official. I paid a dollar bail for a stranger last night through a community organization called Dollar Bail Brigade. The criminal justice system says that the more money you have, the more agency you have over your freedom and your incarceration. Someone told me this week, who gave you the right to run a politics podcast? What makes you an expert in politics? Oh, you mean besides my Masters in Public Policy, my Juris Doctorate, my employment history including working on the Hill, and growing up alongside my mother. Even if I didn't have all this. Free speech, (laughs) cabron. Our oppressors come in all colors and it's men but it's also other women sometimes all of you incredible people in this room you silence our oppressors we must build each other up think about everyone who poured into each of you to bring you here today your family your ancestors your community, and spiritual leaders? What if, as women, we valued ourselves as much as they value us? Thank you all for opening the doors ahead of me. Thank you to the Puerto Rican Bar Association and its tremendous leadership of strong Latina women and to all of my fellow honorees that are holding the door open for all of us. We have a lot of work to do, but I'm confident of our future because we are in this together.
0: It's all about family and it's all about leadership. and It's also about promoting and pushing, forging forward our tomorrow. And thank you so much, Desiree, for an understanding and knowing that we love you because you are our tomorrow and we know that we're in good hands. Thank you. The next honoree is, uh, will be introduced by Stephanie Correa. Um, this is uh, one of my favorite awards is the Unsung Hero Award. It, talks about someone who's never been really acknowledged by any group of people, received an award, but who's been outstanding and has done the right thing, and is a person who just shows as an example of what we can do, even though we're not sung. So Stephanie Correa, who is the president-elect of the Puerto Rican Bar Association, please introduce Luz Elenia Correa.
12: Thank you, Carmen. Um, just full disclosure, my mom did not know that she was a recipient of this year's award and she thought she was coming this evening to honor me. <laughs> so I think she's very comfortable now because there's a strong Bronx contingent and she's a true native Bronx girl, so she's, so she's, she's in good company. <laughs> Before I begin, um, and in the spirit of woman honoring women, I want to thank Carmen. organizing this event. It's truly incredible to be amongst brilliant women of color who've been pioneers in in our industry, in, um, in our career, in our profession. And if you don't know, this is one of Carmen's favorite events, and she looks forward to it all year. So when I was talking to Carmen on the phone and she told me that I was presenting this year's Unsung Heroin Award, I was thinking, yeah, no pressure. Then she told me it was my mom that I was honoring, and I'm like, yeah, absolutely no pressure. How is I going to briefly and succinctly introduce someone who continuously exemplifies the virtue of selflessness? And lucky for you all, my mom has always drilled into me as a public relations professional that no one is listening to you after two minutes. So I'm gonna to try to take my mom's advice and which has served me well to date. Many of you may not remember the day that you met your mother, but I do. I was seven years old. I was at Central Park. It was a sunny day, and my dad introduced us to his girlfriend at the time. What I remember from that day was my sister Lex and I got our faces painted, and I thought she was really cool because she was wearing this really funky vest, and she let me wear it, but little did I know that on that day, three years later, after contentious legal battle where she supported my father fighting hard to get custody of my sister Alexia and I, um, that we'd be, that she'd be taking us on as her, ch- as her children. And the day that she, they won custody of us, my youngest sister Brittany was only three weeks old, so she went from having no children to three children in a matter of a month. Also that year her mother passed away and her brother Elliot, who's only six months older than me, came to live with us. With this new responsibility of this rapidly growing family, and the need to help everyone acclimate to our new family dynamic, she took time off of work to tend to us. And with that being said, you can see why we were nicknamed the Puerto Rican Brady Bunch. <laughs> um, in September of 96, she was ready and probably eager to get back to work. My mom applied for a job at Patanzas. Um, it was a health center in the Lower East Side because she was attracted to its mission statement, providing quality health care to all, regardless of your ability to pay. In all her years of working in healthcare, she never imagined that this was a path po- that this was possible. At Padanos, she flourished as a natural community advocate and excelled in representing the center, its mission, its patients, and staff. My mom focused on engaging and educating the community and making positive health decisions, empowering them. Examples of her work, which are in the brochure, included Una Voz, which was tra- which was geared at training community volunteers to helping their own micro-communities, um, learn about ma- Medicaid-managed care and how to select a health plan. And she also launched a campaign, campaign which was award-winning, Take the Test, LES. It was a bilingual HIV prevention campaign targeting youth and young adults. Aside from these projects, the impact that she had in the Lower East Side co- um, community was profound. One day, I remember, I was helping her set up for a block party that the dentist was hosting. And in the midst of all this craziness, there was this elderly Puerto Rican couple, uh, only spoke Spanish, and my mom's just trying to coordinate all this, and everyone's calling in all these directions, and they just bring a bunch of envelopes to her. And she's looking at them, and she stopped at that moment, assured them that she was going to get back to them, and she'll talk to them. And I looked at her, and I, you know, like, what was that about? And nonchalantly, she tells me, they always bring their mail to me, and I always sit down and translate it for them. And this is just one example of the impact you had on the Lower East Side community. Due to her family circumstances and the adversity that she faced as a teenager, my mom had to drop out of high school, earn a GED, and work. But she always had a dream of obtaining her college degree. So when we were older, settled, she returned to school. During this period, she worked full-time, went to school full-time. But yet, I remember even on those late nights when she would come home, she was always present. We would sit around the table while she was eating dinner, and she would listen to us talk about our days, probably <laughs> not wanting to, and always present to um, proofread a lot of my English papers. Um, but with, no, with so much sacrifice and no complaining, at 40 years old, she graduated summa cum laude from CUNY with a bachelor's degree in public relations, and this opened the whole world of opportunity for her. Fast forwarding to today, my mom currently is the Director of Government, Community, and Media Relations for Union Community Health Center. It's a health center based in the Bronx where she spent most of her teen years in young adulthood. She's a member of the executive leadership team and as the organization's communications leader, she plays a lead role in identifying challenges and emerging issues faced by the center while spearheading advocacy efforts and maintaining positive relationships with city, state, and federal officials. Specifically, her focus in in the Bronx is educating the community about making healthy lifestyle choices, providing a holistic approach to the healthcare system, and helping to improve the county's um, poor statistic as they've been ranked as the most unhealthiest county for about 10 years consecutively. And an example of one of her latest projects is an initiative that she launched um, that designated Bronx as a healthy beverage zone, eliminating sugary drinks. But lastly, one of her most recent accomplishments includes founding the Bronx Coalition to support Hurricane Maria evacuees. This is a working group organization that was created to sustain a Bronx-based safety net for individuals and families who have mi- migrated from, from, um, to the Bronx from Puerto Rico because of the impact Hurricane Maria had. As the devastation of Hurricane Maria was being assessed and information was dripping in on just how catastrophic it was, I remember my mom walking around the house with a pad and paper, thinking about all the ways that she can help, and specifically help those who she knew were going to migrate over to New York City. And she, she did that. This Saturday, the Bronx Coalition to Support Hurricane Maria Evacuees held a resource fair at Hostos Community Care, um, College for dozens of ma- families who have migrated here. There were over 50 organizations, local politicians, present who listen and assess what they can do to help with these families' transition here to New York City, and hundreds of evacuees looking for answers to several questions. As I walked through the aisles of the fair and heard the dialogue and the meaningful action taking place, I couldn't help but think that my mom did this, and this is just the beginning. So Ma, who would have thought that day in Central Park, when we first met, we would be here? You've empowered me, and... Y- to, to reach and and I'm going to get emotional but you've empowered me and helped me realize and always find the strength to accomplish my goals recently, because of your support and love I've been promoted as partner so Maria, I think we brought the statistic to 0.44 percent for the Latinas <laughs> um, And we're also here because of your commitment to community health so why don't you line up thank you
13: <laughs> thank you everyone well I'm very nervous um as Stephanie said I didn't know I was receiving this award until I walked in the door so I'm overwhelmed for many many reasons um I'm very humbled very humbled. you're all incredible and you know the thing is um I don't know many people in this room but I'm connected with so many people in this room. <laughs> At our event on Saturday, Pearl Deaf uh, interviewed evacuees and provided legal assistance. Um, I got, uh, uh, Pearl Deaf came to the event as a result of my connection with Natasha. Um, señora, yo conocí a su hija uh, hace como un mes. Jessica, ella es un amor. Y presentó por la Public Advocate, James, mi evento el sábado. I'm just, I'm so overwhelmed. And then Marlene. I'm gonna do like this. Marlene's a rock star at my health center because Marlene introduced our CEO Douglas York to Tonio Burgos, and in turn Tonio Burgos introduced me to these lovely women here, and, um, and now my daughter is connected with the PRBA and knows um, Betty and Carmen very well and very intimately. So, I mean, it's just so strange how I'm sitting here and really didn't know anyone, but at the same time, I know you all, and we've kind of touched each other in different ways, right, as a community, as a Latino community, and that makes me so proud. I um, just want to say, Desiree, sigue palante. You inspiring. Um, you all were inspiring, and each one of you said something that touched me so deeply. Yes, I had an abuela too that you know I could stand up here and talk about, um, and um, and I always felt like the strangest person in the room and like I didn't belong. GED, uh, high school dropout. Uh, my mother was a heroin addict. She died of AIDS when I was sixteen. Um, when I when I was uh, twenty five, she was diagnosed when I was sixteen. I raised my brothers and sisters, practically, um, so l- lots of things, right, could have held me back, and, um, and, um, and at, at one point, um, I had a blessing come upon me, I, I met this wonderful man, and I know it's about women, right, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to build around that story, because this man um, brought me many, many gifts, including my beautiful jewels, my daughters. Um, One that I had, biologically, and two um, that were gifts. Um, Stephanie, you are amazing, and um, I I called you a powerhouse this week, and somebody else uh, said that earlier, but you are truly a powerhouse. Um, You know, you've taught me so much. I remember when I went back to school Um, we, we did our homework together across, across from each other uh, as I was trying to, um, to, uh, to get my bachelor's. Um, and, uh, she was my math tutor, actually. (laughs) Um, my daughter, Brittany, um, she's had her own struggles and, um, she, she probably is the strongest person that I've ever met in my whole life. And, um. And she inspires me every day to be a better person and, and, to, and to not give up. But um, I want to put some context around what I'm trying to say, and that's that, you know, we talked a lot about women today. And, and yes, it's Women's Month, but I want to give um, I want to give praise and I want to give recognition to the men who can stand back and let us be strong and let us be leaders and let us do what we do well. Right be warriors, as someone said here. Be leaders and be strong. And you know who's done that for me? My husband, Andrew. So thank you, Andrew. <laughs> Andrew held it down when I went back to school. He took care of the kids um, while I did homework, um, when, when I couldn't be present. Um, and, uh, and he's been everything. And, and I know that if it weren't for him, I wouldn't have been able to go back to school. Um, because, um, you know, I was already 40 years old. I had to earn an income, you know, I had, I had to work and if he didn't, ha- um, do the stuff that needed to be done at home, uh, none of it could have been possible. So thank you. I, and I just want to remark uh, or make one more, uh, um, acknowledge one more person. And I do have, uh, I have to give a lot of credit to my mentor who was a male His name was Paul Ramos. He was the founder of Betances Health Center on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Before I met Paul, I didn't know um, many things. I didn't know the definition of uh, social stratification. I didn't know uh, the term, what the term social injustice meant. I didn't know uh, what institutional racism was. Um, I didn't know any of those things. And the moment, the day that I walked into Betances to work was the day my education began. It's the day that the veil lifted. Because you know what? My whole life, I experienced that. And so did my parents. But we didn't know how to verbalize it. We didn't know what that was, right? We experienced it, but we didn't know what it was. And we definitely didn't know that we could fight against it. And when I met Paul, he taught me that. And ever since that man came into my life, Um, And definitely, once he left this earth, I've made it a point um, to fight, to advocate, to be a voice for those who are voiceless, forgotten, invisible, and marginalized. And with that, um, I think that I've had the good fortune to be able to pass that on to my children. And they know that they have a big responsibility. The responsibility they have is that since they were privileged enough to be able to go to college, since they were able to um, have a childhood or a, a good childhood, since they were able to experience you know, some of the things that um, a lot of people um, who are still uh, to this day in, in neighborhoods like the South Bronx, um, in neighborhoods like Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn, East New York, um, um, still suffering uh, in these in these in these neighborhoods, not knowing what those things are like or, or what or or, or or who they can actually become one day. Because there are still people like that, my daughters have a responsibility to remember who they are, uh, where uh, they came from, definitely where their parents came from, and uh, to be uh, an agent for change. Um, and that's how we make the world better. And um, I hope that you know, by the little things that um, I've been able to do in my little corners of the world, like the Lower East Side, and now I'm back in the Bronx where I was uh, 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 raised, um, that, I'm try- that, I'm, that I'm doing that every day, little by little. So thank you all. Thank you to the PRBA. This was amazing. Thank you to my family. Thank you, Stephanie, um, Brittany, Andrew. I love you. And, uh, and thank you, uh, Derek. Um, I just want to say, um, the Cochrane Firm came up big on uh, this past Saturday and, um, and uh, gave our, our event a very do- generous donation. Um, we fed over, I would say, 300 hungry Latinos, right? On Saturday, thanks to the Cochrane Firm, so thank you. Um, again, it's all about community, it's all about connection, and it's all about supporting one another. Um, so thank you, everyone.
0: Well, you see, even though we say that the unsung heroine is someone who's been unsung, maybe through awards and medals and what have you, but in their journey and what they have done, they have been sung by many. And we know for a fact that um, Luce you've been sung by many, many people. We also ask that you look into your brochure. There's spotlighted um, Latinas that we put in so that you, they will not be forgotten because these people have made an impact so that we understand the history and the difference that we have made as a people, as women, and for generations. So we're closing now. It doesn't mean that we're going to forget. We're going to hope that these stories continue, and we're going to continue to lift each other up as as a people, as women, as men, as Latinos, as Latinas, as attorneys. So before we we close, I'd like to share a few adages which are in line with the Flor de Maga award ceremony. While most are dreaming of success, winners wake up and work hard to achieve it. Fear is nothing more than an obstacle that stands in the way of progress. The day is 24 hours long, so think how much time you have to be yourself and empowered woman. On behalf of the Puerto Rican Bar Association, please enjoy the food and beverages provided by the generosity of our partner sponsors. Thank you so much. Listen, uh, the honorees are going to have a photo here, photo op with your statutes, please. Did I say statutes? Statues, not
3: statues. Si, si. We got to hold our guys. I lost the
0: side You were there
5: at